Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to InTech today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform, but only after you've listened to this week's show. Welcome to InTech Today, I'm Edward Swift. And I'm Josh White. In this episode, we look at the trends of CES. We learn about the Internet of Things. And we find out a way to travel for cheaper by booking online. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us in many ways. You can like us and watch the show live every week at facebook.com slash Podcast, Or you can find us all on Twitter at Pod. I'm at JW3OST, JWood. And I'm just simply at SwiftyNZ. There we go. But first, we've got a few sound issues to work through. Come on, it's our first week. Give us a break. It's very technical. Now, this week, I want to talk about banks. It is a boring topic, but that's because, well, banks have always been boring. Yeah. Branches, forms, proofs of address, bane of my life. <laughs> I can uh, imagine at the moment. All of that. Oh, God. Um, but there are a number of so-called challenger banks that are using technology at the moment to turn the, this model on its head. Um, a number are quietly developing their technology uh, in the background before launching properly. You've got Starling Bank, uh, Miniso, and a number of other ones. Uh, another one called Atom Bank has launched an app, uh, and they're doing savings and mortgage products. Uh, with current accounts and credit cards in the pipeline. But there is one that's creating a lot of buzz at the moment, and that is Monzo. It started as Mondo. You may have heard Mondo Bank about a year ago. Mm-hmm. They were There was quite a bit of buzz about them. Uh, but they had to change their name to Monzo last year because of a trademark challenge. Uh, but it's now a fully registered bank here in the United Kingdom. Uh, but at the moment, it's only issuing some pinkish-orange prepaid cards instead of full accounts i think i've seen the photos of them on facebook pop up in the timeline every so often just the little ad that says by the way this is the new way of banking that's it so it's not a full account yet it's a prepaid mastercard um so that's linked to a prepaid account for now and it's what they're doing with it is they're distributing these cards as a way to try uh, their systems and gauge their user habits before they get into proper uh, current accounts and credit cards and possibly credit cards overdrafts direct debits all those sorts of things but Unlike other challenger banks like Metro Bank, which has launched in the last few years and is spending millions of pounds on opening branches all over the UK, Monzo is trying to solve all of these things we hate about traditional banks, which is almost everything. Mm. So I'll just go through some of the problems that Monzo is trying to solve using technology. Uh, the first one is opening an account. Now, this is especially difficult for young people or new migrants who don't have a credit score yet because it's very hard to prove who you are. You often need to visit a branch more than once, hand over your identity documents, get them signed off. Uh, It takes several weeks to do all this, and it's a real pain. Uh, But Monzo is using this very clever technology here. Uh, Instead of having to queue up on your lunch break, you use your phone uh, in your leisure to take a video of yourself with your passport or your driver's license or whatever, and it uses facial recognition and voice fingerprinting technology to verify you're the same person as on your identity document. Um, And then it also registers your voice, so should you ever need to call them up um, in the future, they can verify who you are. And that's all done in-app. 
so that whenever so you that like. way, if I want to call up on your behalf, I can't do it. They have to. They they'll do it by matching the voice. It's like, hold on, this isn't Josh's voice. I, I may know your pin number, your address. I may know everything about you, but if I'm not your voice, let's, I can't. Let's get keep that as you may know. <laughs> One, two, three, four, isn't it? We're going to have to delete that from the recording. Right. Okay. Uh, the other thing they're trying to fix is inconvenient branch hours. The old joke is banks always opened at 9.30 and closed at 4.30, yeah. i.e. half an hour after you start work and half an hour before you finish. Mm. Wonderful. A lot of them still do. Um, it's a simple fix for Monzo because there are no branches. Of course, they're not the first branchless bank in the UK. Uh, both Sainsbury's and Tesco, the supermarkets, have their own bank networks without branches and you can't do your banking in the supermarket because there's no registered bankers working your local tesco local mm. tesco express sainsbury's local <laughs> um but instead of relying on a limited hours 0800 number like the supermarket banks do uh they operate an in-app chat so all i have to do for example here i have a smartphone uh if i wanted to get in touch uh with monzo bank i can go in here i can open up the monzo app there's the app um just get rid of that there and I can go there and help. And right now, I can see that it's taking its time. I think that's my phone's problem. <laughs> um, it never does it when you want it to, does it? No, that's always the thing about technology. It, you know, you, you try to show someone something really cool, and it just doesn't do something it. Something went when, wrong. And then when Something went wrong. This is a great first demonstration. <laughs> something's still going wrong. Uh, Anyway, so so tell us what happens. So what is supposed to happen? <laughs> Come on, Monzo. I actually think it's a Monzo problem now because it's not working on 4G or Wi-Fi. So Monzo, if you want, you, you know, you want your product to look good, it needs to work when people are trying to show others. Especially when it's during a podcast recording. What is supposed to happen there is I go into the Monzo app and it will show me at the top uh, the photos and names of people on the Monzo help desk who are ready to help. And I can choose which one I want to chat to and chat to them in, at my leisure. Uh, and, of course, the great thing about that is that um, I can get in touch with them quickly and easily. I don't have to step out of the office or wherever I'm working and wait on hold on an 0800 number um, and just, just get on with it, basically, and get the help you need. Um, the next one that they're using technology to try and solve is transaction processing times. And this is one of my biggest bugbears with yep. debit cards. Uh, if I spend £10 for lunch on a Wednesday, it may not be reflected in my bank account at the moment until Friday afternoon. You even. see it in that pending transaction yeah. thing, but it never actually go, it, it it takes doesn't ages clear. to go through. My balance doesn't necessarily fully reflect it. If I'm using contactless to get on trains and things, it's even worse because it takes out varying chunks all the time. So that, that, that that's not good. That in this day and age, you should be able to reflect transactions in real time. With Monzo, the transactions not only processed instantly, but within seconds of me tapping my contactless card on the uh, on the card reader, mm. I'll get a notification on my phone, and it says you spent ten pounds at this location, and then show me a map. So not only can I see what I've spent immediately, and it's taken away from my balance, but it shows me where I spent it, uh, which. A, makes it great to keep yourself, um, you know, in check, especially yep. if you're taking your card out on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> it's also really good for looking at, uh, for fraudulent transactions. You can say, well, I have never, I've never been to that, that, that end of Essex. Mm. No, 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 no. That is <laughs> not me. That is definitely not me, um, which is brilliant. Um, paying other people, another yep. one. There has been the advent of faster payments in the UK in the last few years. A similar thing came in, in New Zealand a few years ago, uh, where we're both from, obviously. And uh, it has improved paying each other a lot in recent years, but it can still be quite fiddly to log into a mobile banking app, put in someone's sort code and account number, um, and then send the payment. And then depending on who you bank with and who they bank with, it might be instant, it might take 10 minutes, it might take several hours. You don't know. Uh, with Monzo, 
I go into my contacts and I want to pay that person and it disappears straight away and we both get a notification immediately. So can you just test that? You've got my mobile number right now. If you Have you got to, Monzo, Ed? Uh, no, I don't. But no, if you want to send me a hundred no, quid, no, that'd be much appreciated. Don't, don't have Monzo. Oh. You know, you're, you're too behind the times for me to be I, able to do that I feel you're making an excuse not to give me free money right now. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's wouldn't true. Wouldn't you I be would, making an excuse? Um, another one is budgeting. Yep. Uh, there's some really clever tech at play here. This is where the technology is coming into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Monzo sees that I spent, say, £20 at Sainsbury's, it will recognize Sainsbury's and automatically categorize that as groceries. Uh, and then if I've budgeted, say, £100 a month for groceries, uh, Monzo will tell me instantly that I have £80 left on the budget for groceries remaining without me having to say this you know go in and, and categorize everything itself uh, myself it does that itself so at a glance you can see how much you're spending on a number of categories and adjust your budgets anytime depending on how you're feeling mm. and finally security now this is a really cool one i'm going to try the app again <laughs> bear with me um so yeah no the conversation still isn't working oh dear um, so with security, a couple of months ago, I lost my wallet yep. um, and it was a real pain. I had to call up the bank, cancel my card, uh, tell them exactly what happened, wait several days for a new card, and then only have my wallet handed in a couple of days after that with my old card in it, which was annoying. Especially you know. when you've paid all the fees for the new cards yep. and everything yep. and you're waiting for those cards cancelled, you've still got you've still got nothing yep. while you wait for all the new stuff to come through. Yep. So with Monzo, I've, I've temporarily misplaced my wallet and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as I can tell, it wasn't stolen, so I'm not too worried about it. Well, even if it was stolen, I can still go through this uh, process. It's like, crap, my card's gone. Open up the app. There's the app. I hit freeze card temporarily. Uh, my card's now unusable, just like that. I've just made my card unusable. Mm. And if I don't find the card, I leave it like that, get in touch with them on chat. They'll send me a new one. I find my card a couple of hours later, defrost card. My card's usable again. Done. That could also be, a, you know, if you're one of those people that, you know, you have a budget, you try to stick to it, yep. but you know that if you go out on a Friday night, you're going to spend way too much. Yep. You could always just say, no, I'm going to freeze this card. Frozen. It's gone. I can't use it until yep. I get back to my phone or figure out how to log in the app. Log into the app after yep. a few ciders. Yeah, you know, it's another way of that safeguarding. It's the it's the technology equivalent of sticking it in a uh, ice cream container, filling yep. it up with water, and putting it in the freezer. Yeah. With, and it doesn't ruin your contactless chip. Mm. Um, so, but that's putting the power into the consumer's hands as well, which yeah. is really nice. Instead of having to go through the bank and convincing them that your card needs to be locked, I just locked and unlocked my card in a matter of seconds. Nice. And, it, and, and it's done. So now I know I'm concentrating on just one product here, and that's because it's the only one I've been using extensively for a couple of weeks now. But I've got to say, it really is a breath of fresh technological air um, <laughs> compared to high street banking. There are still a few sticking points, though. It's not yet a current account. It's still just a prepaid account. So I can't do my direct debits, my bill payments, and I can't receive my salary into it, for example, Mm. um, yet. But that's coming soon, apparently. They've now fully registered as a bank, and they're just convincing the Financial Conduct Authority of the last few points to get all that through, and then they will be able to offer current accounts and and all of that, which will be be great. Mm. Um, It's also still a very small and lean operation, which is great for a startup, but I think that, you know, that could be an issue when uh, they're expected to provide a full service experience. You know, a full bank needs to be contactable all the time uh, without wait times and all of that. So that could be an issue, uh, mm. I think, if they don't can't provide that full service. Um, and I'm not really the biggest fan of the garish pinkish orange card color. Yeah. <laughs> but it does stand out in the wallet. That is true. And stands out if you, you know, drop it in somewhere around the house. You're like, okay, no, it's there. I can definitely see that. Bright it doesn't orange. blend it in with really the It really is bright orange. I would show it on screen if it didn't have all of my card details on the front. <laughs> um, 
There you go. Uh, now, there are some other banks and finance firms using technology for similar uh, sort of purposes at the moment. Uh, Atom, the one I mentioned before, they have an app. They're focusing on savings and mortgages all inside an app. Uh, and Starling Bank is reportedly working on something similar to Monzo, though it still isn't public. Um, mm-hmm. But they do have a lot more funding than Monzo. They've just got a massive cash injection from Bizarrely, the department store chain House of Fraser. Um, Sure. It, it kind of confused me, but, you know, if, House of Fra- if that's where House of Fraser wants to put its money, yep. fine. Uh, Manizo is another account which uh, interests me personally as a, as a contractor in my everyday life. Um, it's, a, it's an account which promises to be perfect for contractors and freelancers. So you can use your phone to upload receipts and claim expenses and prepare taxes on the go instead of having to sit down with a big book and forms at the end of the month. Which or possibly even pay an accountant to do it for you. Well, yeah. If, if, yeah. if, uh, if you're that way inclined. Um, so I guess my conclusion after using this tech-based card um, is that the high street banks should be very, very worried because, of course, banks by their very nature are unpleasant places. Um, and things like Monzo just make it as easy as sending a tweet. Do you think with this technology that... You know, the high street banks will have a look at it and think, okay, they're doing something good. Let's let's do something like this ourselves now and let's start to adapt, albeit a little bit late, but they'll eventually get there. I doubt it. I genuinely doubt it because I think the problem that, that, that you're going to have is high street banks are stuck in their ways and people trust their bank, especially after, you, you know, you, even though today all bank accounts are protected um, up to £70,000 and are protected in most other countries, People still remember the, the failure of Northern Rock, for example, um, and all the other banks having to be bailed out and stayed home for several years. So they want to find a place they trust to put their money, um, even though that's a little misguided these days, I think, because like I say, your funds are protected up to £70,000 by the government. If you've got more than £70,000, put it in multiple banks. Yeah. If you've got more than £70,000, do what you like. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I think people should trust it, and I think... Um, but I don't think I think that's the reason why the high street banks will be very slow to adopt this sort of thing because their customers won't necessarily trust it, which is a shame. Speaking about the the idea about Monzo, the fact that it is uh, you know a card a prepaid Mastercard effectively, yeah. and it is available. You know, you deal with it on your phone. Yeah. Um, you know, you just use the card when you go into the shop. Do you think we will get to a cashless society? We went to um, the Superette down the yep. down the road before. The Offie. The Offie. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to use my card to buy a couple of drinks. Not non-alcoholic drinks, just... A couple of Cokes. A couple of Cokes to go with lunch go. and for later on. Cherry Cokes, um, even. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they charged me a 50p fee on that. Yes. And a lot of places still do charge to use your card. Do you yeah. think we'll eventually get there where everything is cashless and well, we won't be charged extra fees for this sort of stuff? Well, this is... This is another thing which I think varies from, from country to country as well. I mean, as I said before, we're both from New Zealand, where FPOS, uh, which is the debit card system in New Zealand, is entrenched. Mm. Uh, everyone uses FPOS all the time, and any shop that charges for an FPOS transaction doesn't get customers. Mm. And any shop that doesn't have an FPOS machine doesn't get customers. But that's because FPOS is such a simple and broad system that all the banks have a system in place, and it's just part of their costs. Mm. Here, with the debit card system here in the UK, um, to take a charge for a debit card can cost a, a shop still up to 40p and transaction charges. And that's why, and I think they're quite justified to charge you, you know, a 50p charge if it costs them nearly 50p to, to take the transaction. Mm. So I think there needs to be a long, hard look at the costs of, of, <laughs> of taking that before we go cashless. Because I, I hate being charged a 50p charge, and that means I still always have a little bit of cash on me for when I'm at a, at a small shop that, that charges that. Mm. So we won't be cashless until it costs the same to use plastic, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, I think we are heading in that direction because it, 
I don't know about you, but I hate a big wallet full of coins and notes. And yeah. If I can take if I can take one card, or even if I can just take an NFC enabled phone, mm. that's all I need. Brilliant. Exactly. I've got you know with my wallet, I've got so many cards in there that even having a fifty p coin actually just makes yeah. it that little bit thicker and yeah. struggles to get it into my jeans pocket. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. So one of the big things over the last couple of weeks was CES. Yes. Um, over in Las Vegas. It happens every year around this time, and it sort of sets the technology agenda for the next year, and especially in the lead-up to Christmas mm. uh, that's coming up. You know, it's primarily lo- consumer electronics, isn't it? Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, it's all the stuff we like, shiny stuff. Exactly. They're the shiny <laughs> gadgets that everyone wants in their home or yeah. in, their, in their pockets. Um, one of the big trends this year at CES was um, you know, those home... Home systems like Amazon Alexa, uh, mm-hmm. like Google Home, and all the things that can link in with it. I, I've been trying a, a Amazon, sorry, Amazon Echo. Yes, um, which uses a lady called Alexa, exactly. a robot lady. That's why you say to it, Alexa, what's the weather? And I know if you're listening to this on a speaker right now, your Alexa, if you've got one, your Echo is probably going to start telling you what the weather is. So my apologies in advance for this. Um, Alexa, buy me adult diapers. Yes. If any listeners just got go. adult diapers <laughs> ordered off Amazon, I, I'm not sorry. Don't send us the bill. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing with these products is they look, they are so shiny. They are so new. There are a few of them around. So as I mentioned, there is the Amazon Echo. Yeah. Google Home is coming out with something they've been talking about for quite a while yeah. now, and it's actually going to be coming out uh, at some point this year, um, where you do just talk to your device and say, do this, do that, buy me this. To be honest, I think at the moment it's actually quite gimmicky. I've got, as I said, I've got one in my bedroom, and all I do at the moment is say, "Alexa, what's the weather?" When I get out of bed, and that's all I use it for. Um, I I don't have Amazon Prime anymore. I gave I gave the free free trial ago, and I ordered a few things. Yeah. But when I'm ordering things from that, I'm actually you know looking at the products online you want to look rather, at it. rather than just saying, "Order me this." Order me adult yeah. diapers. You know, I want to know which adult diapers I want. You need, that's right. It's a, it's a personal thing. You need to know the brand. But I, I'd agree with that. I think the things that you want to order regularly, um, well, the things that you'd want to order by voice would be things that you buy regularly. And the things that I buy regularly, I don't buy from Amazon because no. it's expensive. No, exactly. I go to the supermarket. It might be a different case in the US, you know, where Amazon oh, sure, has yeah. been selling home products for quite a while. You know, yeah. they've come up with their dash buttons. They've been out there for a while. Yeah. It's only just starting to take off here, especially as Amazon start to partner with a few people so yeah. they can do grocery deliveries. But because it's still it's in its infancy stage, it's not that great over here at the moment. Um Interesting to note that with the Amazon Alexa, you know, it does only link up with Amazon and a few other things like Spotify. Yeah. Like uh, there are a few Amazon plugins you can get for it. Yeah. So, for example, Just Eat, you can say, order my favorite takeaway again. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, order my favorite takeaway. Just seeing if that would work for our listeners. <laughs> Tweet us if um, if we're setting your echo off, yeah. please. <laughs> um, so... You know, it does require it to be built into their infrastructure. Yeah. Um, Google, I think, is going to be a lot better when they come out with Google Home because, you know, they've got Android, they've got all your Google products like Gmail, um, like Google Drive. You know, it will actually work with everything you've got and yeah. possibly a number of Android apps as well. Um, Apple, whether they come out with something that's going to be decent to compete with us, I don't I don't know. I think, I wonder if they're coming to the party a little bit too late well, compared to where everyone else is. You look at how, I mean, when Siri came out yeah. several years ago now, it was amazing. Mm. Uh, and they haven't done anything with it since, really. It's still just on your device. There's yeah. no standalone and products for the home Speech for recognition is not very good no. compared to uh, Amazon's and Google's now. 
Um, but I think it's interesting you say that that the Echo will will fall by the wayside when Google comes out because I have had a look at at it and I mean the API is open for a start. You can do a lot of building on it. Mm. Uh, to take it back to Monzo, um, <laughs> someone not even Mo, it wasn't even Monzo that did this, but a, a Monzo fan, which is odd, a fan of a bank. Mm. Um, uh, they're cool, but you know I wouldn't dedicate my time to them. But a fan of Monzo built. Um, a Monzo app for Amazon just from the API. So you could mm. sort of go, how much have I spent on beer this week? <laughs> but even then, the functionality is still limited. You can only it do a limited, few yeah. things with it. You can't, yeah. you know, you, it, it would require Monzo to actually come up with the app themselves and yeah. then you can say, pay so-and-so, you know, d- do it that way yeah. um, for it to be to, uh, to be a much better experience. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it requires that I think would work quite well, but once again, isn't that mainstream, is uh, when it links in with home automation stuff. Say, for example, your Nest thermostat, which is starting to become commonplace around the UK. Um, Home automation lighting, like Philips Hue, for example, you Mm -hmm. can just say, Alexa, turn my lights on. Once again, sorry if you've got an Alexa right now during this conversation. You know, once once those products become a bit more mainstream and a bit cheaper as well, because, you know, a home automation lighting system isn't, still isn't that cheap by comparison. Once that all comes through once that is a little bit cheaper and a bit more commonplace i think then it has much you know it's a much better place to be a successful product but at the moment it's still in in its infancy whether it will take off by this time uh, next year and time for christmas maybe we'll have to see it depends on how amazon develop it whether they open it up even more and actually approach various apps and say well look we will give you money to develop an app for this yeah um we'll just have to wait and see i think there are some still some massive holes in it as well. I mean, they've developed a brilliant app with National Rail here in the yep. UK where you can go, when's the next train from Queenstown Road to London Waterloo? Which would be very handy for me. Yeah. Um, but they've completely missed Transport for London, which means there's no tube or bus. There, there is a tube app, but it's developed again by a third yeah. party. Um, that, that's one of the things with Transport for London. They don't actually develop their own apps for a lot of things. No, they, they don't. They, they release their source code and they actually allow others to take it and yeah. develop with it which i think is fantastic i mean it allows you to have some fantastic apps like city mapper and you know that plugin for amazon alexa it, people can be as creative as they want um but you know it'd be better if probably if they did just it themselves. have a tfl yeah 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 um so i think whether it will take off i don't know it depends on whether they get more developers on board whether it sells well um, and whether people it, trust having a microphone constantly listening to them in their house, yeah, a web-connected microphone. Well, if, I mean, if you look at what you do, uh, what you can do with uh, you know your Android phone, yeah. when you use OK Google. Again, sorry if your phone's just gone off while I've just said that. Mine actually did. Yours did. I'm yep. so sorry, Josh. Um, it's on silent though. It's okay. But you can put actually, that face down. You can actually log in to Google and listen to all those voice recordings. So. Yeah. You know, there's no telling exactly where the privacy is when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see, though, I think, how well that trend goes. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for our weekly techno dinosaur <laughs> segment, uh, where we use the goodwill of our friend Michelle for our own gain. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, now, Michelle is a self-described technophobe. She doesn't have Facebook. She doesn't have Twitter. And she keeps in touch with her friends using a fax machine. They still have those around here. She doesn't keep in touch with her friends using a fax machine. Oh, okay. That was that was a lie. But it, you get. You, I get the yeah, gist. I'm trying to paint. To be the honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle was using a fax machine right now to text her friends. Sorry, Michelle. Um, now every week she's going to ask us a question about technology, and we'll do our damnedest to answer it. This week's question, which I asked her yesterday, is this: What is the Internet of Things exactly? I have no idea. So she has no idea what the Internet of Things is. I can't blame her. Um, and it's a good question. Because it's a very broad term, 
it describes a very broad concept. So at its most basic level, uh, the Internet of Things is using the Internet to connect things. There we go. Done. There we go. Done. Questioner. There we go. Uh, <laughs> no, so to expand on that, a good example of this would be when you receive a parcel, a very basic example. You receive a parcel. You get a tracking code on that parcel. Mm. You use that tracking code to use the Internet to see where that parcel's been. Very simple. Parcel a thing. Internet combines with tracking code. That's the Internet of Things. Um, another example, very pertinent to the season, uh, would be home heating. We're talking about those um, home automation thermostats before. So you've got Google's Nest or Hive from British Gas. Um, now, if you have those, you install a new thermostat on your boiler that's connected to the internet, and you can then set your heating remotely using a smartphone app, which is brilliant. If you're away a bit longer than you expected, turn the heating on later. Why heat an empty house? Coming home earlier? Turn it on earlier. Oh, I'm a couple of days away now. I'll just set it to, you know, anti-frost mode. Like that. All from all from your phone. So you no longer have to climb into the boiler to do that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and the Internet of Things, it also, it's not just for fun things around the house. It has massive implications for businesses. Um, a web-connected truck, for example, could tell uh, the company that owns it when the tires need replacing, when they've gone a bit bald. Um, or you can have connected sensors now on the outside of office buildings that detect when the windows are dirty and then tell the window cleaning company to come around so the owner of the building has d- does nothing the cleaners just turn up and start cleaning one day and yeah. it's all it's all automated like that without anyone in the office needing to do anything it's interesting to see that a lot of companies now advertising their products as internet of things enabled i think there was an ad for a washing machine <laughs> that uh you know he had its own app and could tell you know you could turn it on uh, through the app, although I, I I see the key flaw in one of those, and that being you still need to physically put the washing in the machine and just hope that yeah. there's something in there or that someone hasn't taken it out if you live in a yeah. shared flat like we do. And it's the same with you can now get web-connected kettles. Yeah. Um, the problem there is you still need to fill the kettle. And you still um, need to pour it into the mug later on. And if you're boiling, if you're, you know, just coming home, you're like, I could do with a cup of tea, and you go boil, you're boiling water that you put in there at least eight hours ago, which is disgusting. Yeah. It'd be all limey. <laughs> Um, but there are some security implications here. Um, kettle hacking oh, yes. being one of them. This was a big <laughs> I'm surprised story. they didn't name it Kettlegate when it happened. Oh, so to give it a bit of history, and this is mainly for those listeners we have outside the UK, uh, the National Grid every night looks at what programs are coming up on TV um, and prepares for the kettle surge, which is when an ad break comes on. Mm-hmm. on a popular program and everyone puts on a kettle and it's and it is a huge load mm. on the national grid unbelievable load it's like if they didn't prepare for it it would be blackouts all over the country which yeah. is ridiculous it's cups of tea it's just tea but it's still britain yeah and i mean kettles use a lot of power they use a lot of power like boiling um boiling a kettle is about seven hours worth of running the fridge wow yeah <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of power um so with these web connected kettles um there is a potential someone know possibly russia mm-hmm. in this uh, current geopolitical Not climate making allegations against russia could hack into britain's kettles <laughs> boil them all at the same time and cause an electrical disaster didn't they didn't someone use internet of things enabled devices like kettles to actually bring down sites like twitter and a large portion of the internet last year there were some ddos attacks yep. that were um done through that yes yeah, so essentially uh, using someone's kettle or someone's thermostat as a proxy device to, um, you know, because a, D- a DDoS attack, a um, something denial of service. Direct denial of service? No. Direct or... Uh, anyway. A DDoS attack. Basically, it's an attack where you have a huge amount of connected computers, or in this case devices, just um, trying to connect to 
um, a website such as Twitter or Facebook. So many that it just completely overloads It's the like servers. bombarding a fortress wall, basically. Yeah, it's the internet version of that. And so by using people's connected devices, they could have thousands, millions more devices attacking Twitter. Mm. Um, and, that, and that's what happened. Brought it down for several hours, I think. I think so. So there is a security... Res- I mean, obviously... Literally the- thanks to Kettles. <laughs> Kettles brought down the internet. Yes. Um, obviously that does bring up the issue of security you know if you do have an internet connected device and you do have a pin or a password on it obviously do change it yes. don't just go with the default password which is probably admin admin or you, or, you know if you've got a, a a digital sky digital box please don't go four zeros no exactly change your pin numbers i mean it's one of the most basic security things but a lot of people forget about it yeah passwords as well Mm. passwords are important and we don't know how important having different passwords is until uh, websites are hacked and it's happening more and more often now exactly so watch that anyway so that's the internet of things Michelle Um, she's probably going to have more questions about what it is for me tomorrow and we'll be able to answer those questions uh, next week on our podcast, In Tech Today. If you do have a question as well, uh, you can get in touch with tweet us. Tweet us, uh, Tweet us, In Tech Today Pod, or you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. So the final topic before we wrap up today um, is looking at booking travel online. Uh, being two Kiwis here in London, mm-hmm. uh, we do like to explore Europe, we like to explore the UK, we, we, you know, we make the most of how close we are to everything compared to back in New Zealand where the mm. closest thing is Australia. And it's still four hours away. And it's really just a much bigger vi- version of New Zealand. Dustier. A bit hotter, hotter as well. Yeah. A bit more of an unpleasant version of New Zealand maybe. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's 24 million possible listeners there, Ed. You've got to be careful. But Australia is a lovely place to go and visit. It's the lucky country. It is indeed. <laughs> um, but when you are booking travel, you know, there are a number of ways you can, you can do it. Obviously, you can do it in person at a travel agent, which is becoming less and less common. You can also call them up. But a lot of people now, when they're booking travel, are looking at sites like Skyscanner mm-hmm. and Kayak, mm-hmm. and they're using it to compare flights with different airlines, um, sometimes even different travel options as yeah. well, to see what's the cheapest. One of the little things about sites like Skyscanner is that when you do actually put in a search, say, for example, I'm searching London to Paris okay. for a couple of weeks' time. You know, it will come up with a set of prices. And yep. I'll be like, okay, all right. Um, I might just search for a different date or a different location. Yep. Comes up with another search. If I go back to searching for London and Paris, I'll find that those cheapest, cheaper flights have actually gone up in price mm-hmm. or are suddenly unavailable. Yes. There's a little trick to getting around this. And there are two ways you can do it. You can either clear your cookies after, um, after you've done the search, which can be a bit of a faff, and it's not really worth it. can be it. quite fattening, actually. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean... <laughs> cookies who, lo- who doesn't <laughs> love cookies um but the easier way is if you're using a browser like google chrome you have what's called incognito mode so yep. if you click on the three dots in the top right corner say for, if we're looking at chrome you can go new incognito window yeah what that or does control shift n yeah what that does is it opens a new browser recognizes you as an anonymous user effectively which means that when you go to Skyscanner it won't recognize that you've been there before Mm -hmm. so it can't think okay that person searched London to Paris before we're going to give them that starting price again the the other little tip with that is if you do go back to search that again make sure you do close that incognito browser and open a new one otherwise it will still recognize it will still leave some sort of trace and recognize that you are that person and that the prices could go up a little bit. So essentially what you're doing is every time you open an incognito window, you're saying, I'm a different person. Yeah. Because what Skyscanner is doing is saying, oh, he's looked at this. Mm. We really want him to buy these flights. If we put the prices up just a little bit, 
he'll think that they're running out. Mm. So, yeah, let's try that. Which is very sneaky and awfully misleading, but the problem is it's never been tested in court as to how legitimate it is. So, all the, I'll be honest, all the airlines do it, even the ones you think are good. Mm. They all do it. So, incognito mode is the way to go. It's not surprising. I mean, there's no law really against it. It's just... um, It's a bit crap. It's just terrible. (laughs) Um, So, you know, make sure you do look at something like incognito mode when you are booking flights trains rental cars whatever you're booking um and you can maybe save an extra few quid uh when you're going Please. somewhere <laughs> and that is all the time Ooh, peaked a little bit there that is all it's on yelling it's all the time we have for today's today's episode thank you so much for joining us on this episode one of at least three. I think we'll keep going for another couple of weeks at least. Yeah, we might get to four. We'll see yeah. how we go. Don't forget you can like us and watch the show live every Thursday afternoon at facebook.com slash Podcast, or you can subscribe to the audio podcast through your preferred app. You can find us all on Twitter. Don't forget at uh, Pod at J-W-O-O-O-T for me or at SwiftyNZ for that other dude over there. And do check out our website today. Please do. And we'll be back next Thursday. See you then. For a terrible live recording again on Facebook and a really well-polished podcast uh, available later. At the moment, we're not available on iTunes because Apple are taking their sweet time. It'll get there, though. It'll get there. Uh, we are on Stitcher and Podcast Pocket Casts. Stitcher and Pocket Casts. Search your favorite podcast provider for InTech today and you yep. should be able to find we'll us. We'll be there eventually. Anyway, that's it for this week. See you next time. ta Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.